your internal email system? Is it Microsoft product? Yep, it's Microsoft. Um, yeah. I was re- I was really hoping you were going to tell me it was Send Mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really was. You could restore it all and rescue me from You had my fallen You Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, aka Mr. Backup. And with me, I have my Vermicasa consultant, Persona Maliandi. How's it going, Persona? I'm good, Curtis. And I think for the listeners on the phone, you should probably say what that is. <laughs> that would be the Latin word for wormhouse. So although although technically I didn't consult with you, this one was you were you you were just sort of you admired my work from afar. <laughs> I didn't uh, I think I produced I think I built the whole thing without even I think didn't I just send you after yeah, you photos? just sent me after it was done yep yeah yeah so so again for the listeners I I am a vermicomposter aka worm farmer um, and I have three active little worm colonies in uh, uh, plastic rubber bins or whatever and uh, I built a little house for them so that I could move them outdoors I actually had leftover shingles from my <laughs> Your other project. project. Yeah. And so they, it, it, it's got to be the nicest. They're living in a house. Yeah. yeah. They're living in like a three story condo um, <laughs> with a front with a big front door and a roof. And uh, I think my worms are very happy. I do live at I do live in a, um, uh, you know, a pretty moderate climate uh, at, you know, in San Diego. Right. Um, I've been, by the way, this week. We're recording this uh, the week after the huge storms in Texas. My, my the worm farming Facebook group that I belong to, uh, <laughs> which of course is a thing. There's been a lot of people posting pictures that their all their outdoor worm colonies are all dead. Oh no! Uh, that, they, that they froze mm. in the storm. So, but you know, San Diego, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I don't think you have to worry about that, Curtis. Uh, I need to throw out our usual disclaimer. Although Persona and I do both work for Druva, this is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are ours. Also, please rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And if you'd like to tell us about your problems or your successes, please send me an email at wcurtispreston at gmail.com and we will have you on. We don't care what product you want to talk about. Our, our guest, though, what, um, that, that we're about to bring on, he has uh, has had some interesting things happen in his neck of the woods, things falling from the sky. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, our guest has been, in, uh, has been in IT, but uh, actually at his, um, em- his what, how, he has been employed by the same company for the last, uh, looks uh, over, I'll, I'll just say he's been employed at the same company for over 25 years. And, um, the, a company that I was a customer of back a awfully long time ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> he is now the senior director enterprise business solutions at Spectra logic. How's it going? Tony Mendoza. Hello. And thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. So you were, you were the director of it. Now you have this much more impressive sounding title, Senior Director right. of Enterprise Business Solutions. What's the difference between the two? Uh, it's, it's, it's fancy. It, 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 it sounds much more important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what it did is, is it moved me from, from uh, specifically IT out into uh, business solutions, digital business solutions for the entire company. And uh, how big is Spectra? Spectra is uh, about 400 employees. If you don't know, I've actually been to Spectra's headquarters a few times. I saw the first construction of the the Tfinity frame that you have there. Uh, there, there, uh-huh. there. There was a picture of me at one end of it as it was being built. And the uh, I've also flown with Nathan over the continental divide. <laughs> and, and and when you say that you mean literally he has flown the plane that that you yes, guys he has, traveled. Yes, he yeah. has flown. <laughs> he is a pilot and he's like, yeah. "Hey, we should go, we should go uh, you know, take a flight and go fly over the continental divide." The thing I remember about flying with Nathan. Nathan Nathan's a great guy. I've known him for, you know, since I was a customer back in the early 90s. 
And um, he's he's just a, he's a very personable person, you know. And he's very real as a you know for a, for a CEO. He's a very real person. Among many things, you know, he's a, he's an avid flyer. And when I went there, and he's like, "Oh, we should go," you know, "we should go fly." And the thing I remember was we were flying uh, VFR, right? So visual flight rules. And he said something along the lines of, "Keep an eye out." Like he's like, look out the starboard window and keep an eye out for any air traffic that you might see. And I'm like, wait, our safety in some way relies on my ability to spot planes. I'm oh like, my that, gosh, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, he's like, we're flying VFR, so we should keep an eye out for other for other planes. I'm like, okay, that was not that did not come for me very much. But, uh, we're having you on, so very different than you know than our last spectrologic person. We're having you on to tell us a story that you. So it's it, I, I do find it very interesting that you know you were attacked by ransomware, and you being one of the companies that people would turn to, you know, to help defend them from ransomware. Or, right. I, I don't know if recover. I said that right in English, recover. but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, to recover from ransomware. Right. So why don't we just start at the beginning? What, sure. you know, you woke up one morning and what happened? <laughs> it, it, it was, and this, it was, by the way, when, when was this? This, this was in uh, early May of, of 2020. So this is, you know, to set this up, this was about a month after we sent our on-premise workforce mm. to work remotely. And and so so we're still kind of you know as IT still struggling to get everyone productive remotely at this time, you mm-hmm. know not not thinking about protecting ourselves. Right. Um, and 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 like you said, it was I woke up one morning and and you know I'm I'm still in the office at this point and, and most of IT is still in the office because, like I said, we're still working through some infrastructure issues, and uh, it literally hit us in a second. And, and, and we didn't know immediately what was hitting us. And, and, you know, we start seeing some system failures and, and, you know, one system failure or two applications that are connected to the same database, we, we kind of have a handle on that. But then we start seeing file servers going down and, and you know, uh, build servers going down and databases going down. And then we knew there was something major going on. We didn't know right. at the time it was ransomware. So... Um, we did the, the old school panic and, and went into our data center and started pulling plugs, pulling, <laughs> pulling data cables. And, and uh, it was probably about 30 minutes after that where we saw our first ransom note. And, mm. and man, that, that just takes the wind out of your sails right there. How did that manifest itself? It, it manifested itself as a text file on one of our uh, file servers. And so, mm. so, so we're going through trying to troubleshoot you know, what's going on and, and we're starting to quarantine systems. And then, then we see this ransom note, and it was it was a fairly scary note. I mean, it was it's it's not benign. It it says we have right. your data. Here's how much it's going to cost you, and here's how you get it back. And and we verified they they encrypted our entire you know entire file systems into one file. Right, right. And and as I recall, you you said you I, I, there you wrote an article which we'll link to. Um, uh, you know, from this podcast, and yeah. you, you mentioned that it was it was many millions of dollars. You you said you you did the math, and it came it, out to what? Yeah, it was so so they they uh, won it in Bitcoin, and, and the math at the time worked out to three point six million, I believe. And mm. and and they don't they it wasn't one attack where they they encrypted all of our systems under one attack. It was separate emails, separate oh. attacks on every separate system. Right. And so, so, you know, that's, that's where the accounting came in is, is we figured gotcha. out. You were like, well, if we did this and we bought this amount of Bitcoin, it'd come out it close so, to $4 million. Right, right, right. And so how much, and so you pulled all the plugs, you're starting to try to figure out, okay, what actually hit us? You see this ransom note, what goes on in your head? I know you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do at this point? You know, that, that nails it. I, I literally had to sit down and, and think, what do I do? Because because, you know, you guys will know from knowing Spectrologic, we're prepared for disaster. And, and, and for many years, disaster was a physical disaster of, of the, the uh, data center. Um, but uh, I didn't know how to deal with ransomware. And so um, 
you know, we, we, re, we grouped up the team and, and said, okay, we know we're being attacked. We know we need to stop the attack. And, and, and at that time, we had good means of, of shutting down communications inside and outside of Spectra. Um, we, we took an assessment of, of what was damaged and what assets we still had available to us. And luckily, email was available to us. Wow. So, Are you fire, using physical servers or yeah. was it like hosted in? Okay. No, no we we're on-prem physical. And just the way that, that we um, secure our, our email infrastructure, we don't allow people to connect to it. Mm -hmm. uh, the big propagator of this ransomware was our backup account, our internal backup account with administrative privileges just happened to not get to our email server before we quarantined it. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and, 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 and that was a lifesaver. Email was, uh, you know, in, in a time where everyone's remote and I can't make a make an announcement over the PA at work or, or walk around. Right. Uh, it, it was it was a savior. So what what do you mean your backup account? Uh, you that, said your so, backup account was the was the propagator. Yeah, that was one of them. That that was one mm -hmm. of the major propagators because uh, on, on one of our systems they got access to a, a domain admin backup account that that really no one internally even has access to, and they right. were able able to connect to any server that it had access to with administrative okay. privileges. Right. And normally this would be servers that it would be backing up, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so these are sort and, 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 and I'll admit there's, there's ways to mitigate that propagation with, with that account, but we were, we were I said, not lazy, but maybe uh, uh, a little bit relaxed about having that account on, on our, on our infrastructure. Um, PowerShell was another way it propagated itself and PowerShell is pretty powerful. Wow, so it was really sophisticated, yeah, like in, in multiple different ways. I hate to admit it, but it was extremely sophisticated <laughs> and, and, and it, it was it was very hard to stop and it was very hard to cleanse our infrastructure of it. it, it so how it, did it, you how did you stop? Like, it's easy to 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 stop the external. How did yeah. you stop the internal? Like, did it, you just like unplug cables from things? What did you do? Yeah, so it was turn off it, the land. <laughs> it, it it was it, so that's how we started, and and we realized that that wasn't going to stop it, and, and unless we you know powered down the entire data center, mm -hmm. um, and and I and I say it, I say we stopped it like it was a, a couple hours of work. It was about five to seven days of us trying to stop the bleeding of this attack. Wow! And so wow! So that day we shut down. Um, we we kind of spun our wheels for for a few hours, not knowing what to do until we engaged some security experts. Uh, we engaged the FBI and, and right. to help to help us just to just to lead us in the right direction. And uh, and we got some external tools um, through one of our security uh, um, partners. So that, you, I, I wanted to touch on that. You mentioned yeah. in the article that you had. Uh, your company, unbeknownst to you, your company had, or you, meaning you personally, <laughs> yes. your company had engaged with this uh, cyber insurance uh, yes. people, and they provided these uh, experts. Yeah, I thought I, 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 because I hate the idea of cyber insurance. I hate yep. the idea of that that it, it gives you an easy way to pay the ransom. Um, and so I like th that this was a positive. <laughs> thing that they because i guess they don't want to pay the ransom so they're giving right. you this resource to help you through that i really yeah. like that idea it's 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 brilliant and 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 us having that in place like like you said i was not aware we had it mm -hmm. um and, and so for for this first about eight or ten hours uh, you know we, we're trying to figure out what we have available to us and we called all of our vendor you know all of our partners that we knew and and said hey we're being attacked we're going to need you guys on call for this and and they were great um, but then once we got on a call with the the insurance providers you know they have a special a special team that they put you on a call with and and they they kind of calmed me down and said hey we have some resources available and and we'll get on a call we'll, we'll talk to these partners um, and and uh, they were the ones that really kind of gave me the game plan. Um, mm. with, with, with this, this, uh, security partner that, that they had, um, to start, uh, to start an action plan. I know you said you never thought that you would ever get hit by ransomware. Yeah. Did you have any sort of plan in place or any thoughts at the time? I know you said Spectralogic is normally dealing with disasters and physical disasters. Right. 
this, this since then this has become included in our definition of disaster um but no at, at that time we had a business continuity plan that that you know in hindsight it 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 had um a, a good action plan for disaster that that really coincides with what happened with us but we've added in this extra security layer now to our business continuity plan that you know once we've identified it as as a cybersecurity threat we can uh we can contact uh security partners yeah that that's really interesting and let's talk about that because uh, I, and by the way i also so i i i'm just now finishing up writing my uh my latest book uh, you know it's called modern data protection and i and i definitely include ransomware attacks as as a new just it's just one other type of disaster right yeah but it but it's different it, it uh, i i think it it's is. different uh it's different at, and what's interesting is i actually hadn't thought about this different the problem with a ransomware attack or one of the problems is that you and i hadn't thought about it until talking to you is that it it, it doesn't just happen like you you need to stop it it's still <laughs> yeah. happening it's like it's like an earthquake that just won't stop yeah right yep. Um, and you're trying, you're trying to stop the flooding or stop further flooding, stop further attacks, uh, to mitigate further damage before you can even think about, right. uh, recover. And the, the fact that that alone took you, you said several days. Yeah. 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 That, that that's difficult. And, and that's tough as, as a, you know, as an IT leader, I want to, I want to start our solution minutes after the disaster, right? It, yeah. Yeah. When you think about a disaster, you always have that plan of the next day I'm going to go order new equipment and start recovering my data. This mm -hmm. was we couldn't even talk about that until we stopped the the propagation right. of this this thing. By the way, just just out of curiosity, your your internal email system is it Microsoft product? Yep, it's Microsoft. Um, yeah. I was I was really hoping you were going to tell me it was send mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really what? <laughs> I'm an old so, Unix guy, you know, but uh, you basically now have an action plan in place based on what the security specialist uh, recommends. What are your next steps? Like, are you because I'm sure you've just spent a whole bunch of time panicking a little, right? And yeah. just kind of be a little overwhelmed. Having this expert come in and kind of lay things out for you. That must have been like a big sigh of relief, right? It was. And, and you know, at first, the first couple of meetings we had with him and, and, and now the timeline of this is we're having meetings at 3 a.m. with these these people because we needed the first 48 hours. I think we didn't sleep because we have a small team. And and then after that, we started shifting sleep schedule. So so uh, for the first eight or 12 hours of my meetings, I was in a panic like you guys aren't moving fast enough for me. And 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 right. and, and, and they kept saying, you're not you're not helping. But as that I.T. leader, I want to I want to have that game plan in place right now. Um, and, and it took probably 24 hours for us to really come up with a plan, let alone start implementing that plan. So you basically power everything off. Yeah. And then you, you would power up an individual system Yep. and then see if it's, if it had already been infected, How, could you, were there tools to help you yes. um, to figure out, to figure that out? Yeah. So, so that was one of the things that, that security team, uh, provided us with tools to install internally. They provided okay. us with external monitoring. So, so their SOC was, was kind of in charge of watching what was happening on our infrastructure and, and what was coming in and out of, of our firewalls. Um, but yeah, it was literally bringing up a machine in a quarantine state, running mm -hmm. these tools against them. And then uh, their, so their tools would fix about 50% of the OS, and then then we'd have to get in there and manually do some stuff to it. Um, okay. uh, and, and I'll admit, 75% of those OSs were not recoverable. And so we mm. so we we instantly had a, a disaster recovery plan with backup and, and you know, uh, tape and, and, and we have. Oh, our, so when you say they were too. not recoverable, meaning you couldn't fix them without restoring them. Correct. Correct. Okay. And so, right. and, and so, you know, a lot of them we had to bring back up bare metal install of, of that OS and, and then recover the, the system to it, the actual okay. server to it. Um, but yeah, it was, it, you know, after the end of five days of, of them monitoring and, and us starting to get in there and cleaning, that was at a point where we lit off into, you know, three parallel 
projects of stopping the bleeding, uh, looking at our data assets to see how are we going to recover. And then um, we had a third part, which was checking to see if there was any data egress. And so we had, had, uh, you know, all of our logs being combed through to see if there was any data egress, which luckily for us, there was not. Yeah, and that seems to be a new thing with a lot of these ransomware attacks, right? Is actually exfiltrating some of your data and using that to hold you hostage as well, or publishing. Yeah, there's two other parts that that I wasn't aware of with ransomware. That's one of them, the exfiltration of data and and the ransom of that data. And then um, they'll publish the holes in your infrastructure so other people can attack you now. And they sell it. They They sell that data on the dark web and say, hey, these people are compromised. Here's how they're compromised. Highest bidder, have at them. Wow. <laughs> these are not nice people. They are not nice people, and, and they are very, very well organized. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So, so, you, you, so by the way, when you say you brought it up in a quarantine state, how did you do that? So we were we were given uh, tools and instructions from from mm-hmm. I, I won't take credit for this. They gave us tools and instructions on how to bring these these systems up in a quarantine state. Um, a lot of them just didn't come up, so by default right. they they didn't get quarantined. But um, we put them on a separate LAN. We put them on on their own okay. LAN and and okay. let that be the compromised LAN. It's like a sick room. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Um, what about, could you, could you do a, like a, like a mini boot where you could mount the OS drive and mess with it? Yeah. On, on some systems and, and it, it was, it was, it was turn it on and see what you had available to you. And it was, mm-hmm. it, there, there was no uh, real path to follow for each system. Uh, we found out very early that we're seeing the same thing with, say 150 servers that they're all doing right. the same thing they're, they're failed and, and we're going to respond right. gotcha gotcha um and so let's see any person anything else about uh the so, sort of before restore so part how long so i know you said you split it kind of into the three tracks how long right. did it actually take you to stop the bleeding uh i would i would say that five to seven days of of that's all we were doing was was stopping it and and putting ourselves in a state where we could start to recover. It was about five days. I want to say I'm very. I the one, there was one phrase in the first off. I just I just want to thank you for for your candor. Um, you know, it, it, you you opened up that article was like you know most people don't want to. Yeah. Uh, they don't don't yeah, want to announce course. this. I I I think you're doing a great service to the oh, IT community. And, um, uh, and my favorite part of the article was when you said, uh, that you never considered paying the ransom because I can imagine, um, you know, I could just imagine a phone call from Nathan going, all right, damn it. It's been a week. Yeah. (laughs) You haven't even started restoring yet. Let's just pay the ransom. You you know, like you said, I've been at that company a long time and, and, and I, I saw the threshold of that amount of money and thought to myself, there's no way I can go to Nathan and say we should pay. <laughs> we should pay this. Being a company that that produces backup equipment and and right, right. and, and, and I have to hang your head in shame, Tom Dooley. I wouldn't, and, and I'm I'm given a, a lot of leeway in what products I can use, Spectra products I can use. So I I have right. a fairly substantial infrastructure, right? A backup infrastructure. The, the but part of that is you had mm-hmm. you did have this insurance. Would the insurance not have paid the ransom, or would it just? Is that not how it I, works? You, you know, we we didn't get to that. So so the, okay. they they asked us right away, and and like I said, we also involved the FBI to find out what what the world does about this stuff. And they have a they have yeah. a cybersecurity team at the FBI that's extremely knowledgeable, um, and they yeah. were extremely helpful. And, and, and yeah, they, and I asked them flat out, I said, do we pay this or not pay this? And, and they said, you know, it's kind of, you have to make business decisions. And, and they did warn us that if we paid, there was a very good chance that we would not get decryption keys. Well, good for them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to hear that, that the best advice from the FBI was not, you should pay the ransom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously our insurance company never mentioned that we should pay the ransom. Um, right. Right. But. But they're, you know, they're great. Their their first thing was calming me down and and 
and getting an action plan in place for me. You seem pretty, you seem a pretty calm guy. <laughs> I, I, I normally am. That, that was a tough week. <laughs> it, it takes a lot imagine. to get a rise out of me. Yeah. So, uh, so what was next? So you, so you've, you've, you've stopped the bleeding. Yeah. You've identified which servers that you need to restore. Um, and then, uh, and then what? Oh, yeah. by the way, how much of your environment did you actually have to restore? Like, I think you said you had identified some yeah. parts of your environment that actually was impacted that you needed to restore from, correct? Yeah, you you know, if if, if you did the math based based on uh, on our entire infrastructure, it's about a third of our infrastructure. The problem was that third was our tier one in infrastructure, included <laughs> our tier one infrastructure. <laughs> But so, of course. So to me it's a hundred percent. But but right. but yeah, we we were we were about hundred and fifty systems out of say six hundred systems at our company. Gotcha. Um and I understand your your the your primary backup software is Commvault. Yep. Uh and you're backing up to obviously Spectre tape libraries, <laughs> right? And then also to the yep. Black Pearl disk product. Yep. And Give me an, an overview of what that looks like. Yeah, is it, it a is it a just just a tape setup? Yeah, is it a exactly. some goes here, some goes there? What's that look like? Okay, yeah, it it is some goes here, some goes there. It's 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 the majority of it is disk to disk to tape. Um, okay. Some of it some of it goes directly to tape. Some of it just stays on disk. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then we replicate our disk products. So so we have you know some failover there. Um, but get this, the kicker you were asking about Commvault, and and by the way, they were awesome in this whole thing. Uh, it killed our Commvault server. It killed. It literally killed the server that controls our backup. So mm, before right. we before we could get anywhere, we had to get that system back and all our catalogs back and you know all, all our endpoints back. Um, and, and and like I said, we called them and they said, "What do you need? What do you need?" Right. And, and so that was a so so that was sort of a, a catch twenty two. And and by the way, that that's a. That's a problem that's been around as long as yeah. I've been around, right? If you're using centralized backup software and the world goes to, you know what, you need to recover that first. And yeah. in this case, uh, you know, and and so I'm guessing that you that you have a Windows based com serve. I I, I think all com serves are Windows based, right? Yeah, the main is. com serve is Windows, right? Right. And so you had to recover that first, right? Um, before you could do anything. And what what was that process like? Uh, it, literally, I won't, I won't take credit for it. It, it was them saying, get out right. of the way and, and we will get this back for you. And it, it took them a, a, a good couple of days, if I remember right. And, and I might be exaggerating because everything felt like a couple of days, but <laughs> time, uh, time was, it was a time. month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it was. And, 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 you know, uh, like I said, you, you know, we had, uh, three plans of action. One of them was figuring out what, what all of our data assets were the weight of that, you know, waiting for that to come back and see what was compromised. Cause at the time I didn't realize how far this thing wormed its way into our backup data. I didn't know if it, if it compromised our backup data and, and, and I I didn't know what our disk data looked like at that time. Yeah. So I'm curious, the, the black Pearl, it can, as I recall, it can either be, tell me if I'm wrong, it can either be presented via NFS or as object, right? Right. Right. And Commvault can write to object. So the Correct. big question is, how are you writing to your Black Pearl? So both. We do both. Okay. And and so because and, that that would be a big sort of like you, you know infection possibility there if you're writing to to NFS and right right. So your backup server gets compromised. It could then compromise the actual backups. That, and, and and that was our that was our concern. Um, uh, one of the things that saved us is we were doing replication of that data and, and where we, we were replicating it to protect ourselves in case something happened. We had a backup copy on another system that's uh-huh. sitting in another building, you know, thinking of that physical disaster piece. Right. Um, and so we had these, we had these snapshots of our data that were uncompromised. They were, they were v- what I call virtually air gapped. And so. Okay. So we, yeah. We I use them. the same term. Okay. And, and then. And then come to find out also the way we had our, our infrastructure configured is tape became almost a physical air gap, right? It was, right. It, it, it could not compromise tape. Right. Yeah. So, so help me understand. So it, I, I, I heard a couple of things there. I, yeah. I heard replication and then I heard snapshots. So yeah. um, the snapshots, 
So this is this is more information about the Black Pearl product. Right. So the the prop the only problem with replication is that it replicates the infection. Right. Right. So how how did the snapshots come into play there? So we we take so the the replication is for us to to protect our data for our end users. If something happened to that system, we go to the other system. But we right. snapshots archive snapshots of data. And so so we didn't have data to five minutes ago. But we okay. had da- we had data to the day before of when we took those snapshots. So so to put this in perspective, our tape our fulls on our tape were back on the previous Friday, and this was a this was a Thursday, I believe, a Wednesday mm-hmm. or Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. And so and so you know in my head I'm thinking what's the what's the most recent copy of data I can bring back for our company? And 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 by the way, we're a very transactionally based company, so 15 minutes down at our company is is a lifetime. Um, you know, it's our, our transactions are what we live and die by in that company. Yeah. Um, I gave you a few of those, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and so, so I'm thinking, okay, worst case scenario, I get back to my tape on Friday, but lo and behold, I have these snapshots on my disc that are fairly current. I mean, they were back to um, a mix of the previous day and and the day before that. And so to me in a transactional restore situation that was going to save us right interesting so so i i think that's an important sort of differentiator there that it's not just a straight replication you you are able to basically use these snapshots to say roll this black pearl appliance back to this period of time before the infection okay correct all right that's good to know and we have a software product called uh store cycle that that manages that for us if it you know it, we can set up our archive snapshots with that software okay nice and the one question i had though is how did you identify what point to go back to because i know that's always sort of a contentious yeah. point Good question. there's some yeah. ransomware that kind of lives in your system like if you look at solar winds right it was probably yeah. in there for eight months before it was actually activated how did you go about identifying like that the snapshot from a day ago or two days ago was good Darts at a dartboard. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm kidding. Uh, we didn't know initially when we were infected, how, what we even had initially. Um, and so you're right. And, and then, and, and another thing is we didn't know for sure if we've stopped it. Once we said, once I said we stopped the bleeding, we didn't know if we missed something because we're now we're nervous. Um, <laughs> And, and so, so our, our security partners uh, helped us identify when we were infected and they were fairly confident by going through our logs and, and, and going through our systems. And, and, and we had quarantined some systems and, and sent them the physical drives out of some of the systems oh, wow. for, them, for them to investigate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so they, they were very confident that they identified when we were infected, what we were infected with, and then what the propagation tools of that infection were. Okay. So they were able to give you high confidence and yes, the point that you were picking is a good point before the ransomware hit. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if, if we were talking hours, I, I'd be a little more nervous, but, but we opted to go back. Uh, I think it was 36 hours prior to the attack, just, just out of nervousness, <laughs> I guess. No, that makes sense. Yeah, because I think a lot of times some people think it's and even in the point of I know, Curtis, you were talking about disasters, right? Usually you just say yeah, disaster. I'm just going to go back to the latest point in time. But with ransomware, you now need to figure out, okay, what is that point in time that's actually safe? Right. And 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 this this ransomware did inject itself in in a uh, in a way that it was planning to re-attack at, at, a, at a later date so so it was oh, dormant hmm. in, on some systems like i said our security partners found it and said this was gonna you know be a ticking time bomb here crazy interesting <laughs> yeah that, yeah i, I, I mean maybe you live in interesting times What's that? i'm still gun shy to this i'm still gun shy to this day i see i see any anomaly on our infrastructure and i panic now i mean I'm, <laughs> yeah i, I, I have bet. that panic I can't imagine. Uh, so, so you identified the point in time, and now yeah. yeah. So it was like a yeah. week, like a week to get to the point where you could start restoring. What, what then? And, and you're primarily virtualized. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Primarily. Yep. Okay. Um, and then what? What was the the rest? And, and 
Uh, so a couple with so many questions, right? So you've got the black girl. How much came from disc? How much came from tape? You know, when you were doing restores, yeah. uh, what was you, you know, so so I went into this and in, 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 like I've said, being the old school Spectre guy, I knew I was going to go back to tape. And that was just my, my plan was was to go back to tape. Um, uh, but when when we got to a point where we started seeing those recoverable snapshots on our disc product and I knew uh -huh. and, and and you know, that's going to come back fast. Also, not not only is it recent, but it's on disc. So it's, it's a right. lot faster to restore. And, and we're trying to get as many tier one systems up as we can to get our company productive because everyone's remote and nobody's able to, we're not allowing connections to our, to our infrastructure and there's no, there's no resource to connect to. Um, yeah. So, so we started, we started looking at our inventory of, of, of what we had available to us. And we started now looking from a panic of, of we're going back a week to, well, this is not so bad. If we start getting these snapshots, test some of these snapshots coming back um, mm. They came back, they came back quick uh, and they came back clean. And, and so, so at that point, once we figured that out, we sat down and made some decisions on, on what tier one systems are the most important tier one systems, um, how we can recover them with, uh, with the least amount of effort to get people back up and working as soon as possible. Um, and, and one of the, you know, we had to make decisions on a, we, we have a, 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 a a database farm and we had to make some decisions on listen we can't restore that entire farm what can we bring back quickly to allow some systems to start connecting to it and then and and you know I'll, I'll admit a lot of the talk was we'll deal with this stuff later let's get it up and running deal with performance issues later deal with replication right. issues later deal with the farm later um and and so it was it was a uh a, a very uh um kind of active time where, where we were just bringing systems back as quickly as possible. And like I said, we sat down and decided you, you know, this team's going to work on bringing these three systems back and testing it and getting some people involved in testing it. These people are going to go after these systems. And, and once we got about, I'd say 10 or 15 tier one systems up, our company was productive. And, and now mm. th this, this restoration of systems went on for, I mean, it was probably, three weeks or four weeks mm. before we worked out all the bugs of all the systems. But they could, after, after this period of time, they could start doing sales again. They could, right. you know, doing, doing basic business functions. Right. Like, like I said, uh, uh, email was, was our savior because our company functions a lot on email. And so, so people were able to make some, some, uh, uh, decisions via email that that would normally be made in, in an application mm. and, and and then you know kind of kind of uh, save those decisions for for entering them into the system later so it, when you're bringing up these tier one apps is it safe to say that you sort of knew the dependencies amongst the various components because i that is always what yeah. is difficult for me to comprehend it's like oh i could bring up this like you said you could bring up part of the database farm but is that good enough for the app that needs to be running and so yeah. did you have sort of in documented somewhere sort of okay this tier one app has all of these dependencies and this is what i need to bring up yes and and so so we know our dependencies and and you know i'll i'll, I'll say luckily for me i came from the database side of our company so i was, I was fairly confident on, on that data application side <laughs> but um we knew that we could bring up systems in a certain state and then we knew some of some of the uh, dependencies would fail to work but we could work around them. Gotcha. And, 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 and so we, we knew, like you said, there's, there's, there's a core group of tier one systems that have to be brought up together. Let me ask you this. Um, and this is a bit of a, I don't know. You, you can tell me that you don't want to do this question, but I'm going to ask you the question. <laughs> so for example, you said, you said that at least one app, and I, I'm guessing there were a few others, you know, you have exchange on-prem and right. um, the rest of the world is using, you know, Microsoft 365, right? Yeah. You are one of the few companies. I mean, you're not the only one, but obviously you're in the minority at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing there are a few other apps um, that, that maybe fall into that category. Has this attack caused you to reconsider that, 
I, because it, I, it's really good that your email system was not infected, but had it been infected, it would have been, that this would have yeah. even been worse. Yeah, it, 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 you're absolutely right. And, you know, we've had this, this kind of relaxed roadmap about what our, our cloud strategy is. And, and uh, this has really given us a lot of uh thinking points about how we want to diversify our infrastructure and, and have that hybrid cloud solution. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. There, there are certain things that we know that should be somebody else's problem to protect. Mm -hmm. the, the, the two apps that seem to get cloudized very quickly, uh, email is an easy one. Yeah. Salesforce obviously is another one, right? That, yeah. that um, I don't know if you use an internal app for that, um, function. Um, yeah. but, uh, of course, you know, in IT, you, you've been in IT a while In IT, we, we never fix anything. We just move the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But in this case, you know, and, and I don't, I, 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 trust me, I feel for you. I can't imagine what it was like during those weeks when you were just trying to get back to some semblance of normality. You know, at the same time, when I look at that, I say, well, had you had exchange, you know, exchange online, had you had Salesforce, had you had, had you used some of these other SaaS apps, at least that part of your infrastructure would have continued to work. You know, you, you, yeah. you're not going to have exchange online, in fact, Salesforce, right? right? Um, not that each would be attacked, but it, they, they wouldn't be, it wouldn't be spread across yeah. those people. You, what we always talk about though, Curtis, I think the problem there is you're now using another SaaS service that has its own issues like Salesforce when it yeah, ran to yeah. that issue where it yeah. lost it, right? So <laughs> it's correct. It, it, well, that, well, that's why I started with, you never fix any problems. You just move them. Right. Uh, but, and, and so I, I want to make sure that, you know, when companies use SaaS products, they continue to back up those SaaS products. That's right. Right. Yeah. That is, that is a problem that we fight is that people say, oh, well, backup is Microsoft's problem. I'm like, no, it's not. It's still your data. Um, yeah. But 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 it sounds like you're at least thinking about those things and maybe accelerating cloud things that you hadn't before. Yeah. You, you know what what it really did is it, is it made us realize two things. And, and, and I'll give some recommendations here. It made us realize that diversifying our on-prem storage or, or data protection was key not having mm -hmm. it all on 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 one medium w was key um and then for uh, to your point and 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 like i said it it takes this to make you start thinking about diversifying and 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 moving stuff around and protecting yourself differently um you know it i, I don't want to say we were lazy in our in our roadmap about about a cloud strategy but and, and our vendors are pushing for cloud strategy, right? All of our on-prem apps, they don't want, they don't want us on-prem anymore, obviously. <laughs> uh, and so, and so there is a case and, and, and I do recommend diversification of, of data is, is key. Um, so having stuff on-prem and having stuff in cloud and then protecting that cloud data with your on-prem uh, uh, infrastructure is, is a good, um, good plan and, and protecting your on-prem data with, with multiple uh, mediums, disk, tape, cloud, right? I mean, and, and that, that's, that's another storage solution. Uh, it's, it, we can't have this, this old school thinking the way, the way I've been thinking about just having everything contained in, in our on-prem infrastructure. Uh, regarding the Black Pearl, it has, you know, it has the ability to do object or, you know, yeah. file share. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Cumbalt can do object. Yeah. Any reason why you do, why you didn't immediately do object for everything to Black Pearl? Yeah. So so we we're 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 slow to implement. I mean, we we grab our hardware and we we mm. solve a problem with it, and and we do some case studies for customers, and 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 we you know we use our infrastructure to to test out some some use cases for customers and, and use cases for ourselves and, and use cases for our engineering team. Um, and, you know, granted we have an entire test department, but ours is active live. We get to, you know, this is real world and, and I'm an IT guy and I, I don't pull punches when, when I talk about our products to, to our developers. Um, and so, and so we were, we were, we were slow to, to adopt it. We, you know, okay. 
I, I, I'll, I'll say, I didn't think this would happen to us. Now, it, it's, it, now it's, it's not, it's not, will it happen again? It's when it's going to happen again. And, right. and so, so we're beefing up that infrastructure now. And now we're going to get pretty, uh, pretty intelligent about where we're putting our data and how we're storing it. And I think some of, of well, I'll, I'll just say this real quick, uh, persona, and then have you do your question. Um, cause that is one of the things that I push people, uh, you know, if, if, so in the case of Commvault customers, I would want, if possible for their, their media servers to be, uh, Linux based and not windows based if right. that, if that's possible. Um, obviously that's not possible for everybody. Uh, and then object storage, um, you know, instead of file, because I, I, the, the the least secure situation is to have a Windows based media server with a SIF, you know, an SMB or an FS mount yep. because if it gets attacked, then the backups get attacked. And I it just kills me to hear about backups getting encrypted. Yeah, um, that, it, and and like I said, that's we we weren't thinking about that, and that's that's how our infrastructure was laid out. Mm, and and yeah. so, so so your advice is right. It's I mean it's it's. It's it's easy in hindsight to say that's what we we should have done, but but you're absolutely right. It's, it's very easy for me to Monday morning quarterback over here. <laughs> and tell you well, and I was just going to say along with that point, I know, Tony, you mentioned that, yeah, you're trying things out. But a lot of times for a lot of departments, they have a problem. They're looking for a solution. They solve it and then they move on to the next problem. Sometimes yep. it's hard to go back and sort of, OK, are we following that across everything? Really, what should we be doing? Right. You have so many problems and challenges that always keep coming up that you're just trying to move forward all the time. and. Never really yeah. a great time to go back and re-architect or re-implement everything across the board. Yeah, and 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 I'll say something that that you know you're you're absolutely right. We were problem solving. This though has opened our eyes to to really investigating what our true data security policy is. And and you know I'll say we were fairly laxed before this. And and but this lets us now gives us the ammunition. Me as as an IT leader gives me the ammunition to go in and say, hey, we now have to be concerned about this stuff. And now we have to build infrastructure to prepare for this stuff instead of, like you said, building infrastructure to solve a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You're the you're the guy that had a heart attack and now you're laying off the fat, salt and sugar. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so you've got, uh, by the way, I, I really like the the article that you did in a oh, thank newsletter. You. So Tony, you, you list like three lessons here. You know, you we've talked, I think about one of them already, the having multiple copies on multiple things, you know, multiple right. media. I, I like the second one about having cybersecurity experts on board or close at hand. You had this resource you didn't know you had. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, what, what would be your advice? Like, like, Hey, find out, <laughs> find out if you, if your company's already buying something that you don't know about. Yeah. You, you know that, that that's key right there. Uh, it, find out if you have cyber cyber insurance, uh, mm -hmm. and, and if not, look into it. But at at minimum, have some partners available, some vendor partners or or, or consultants, somebody you trust, somebody you know. Um, have someone available because, like I said, we're a small IT group. We don't have a knock and a sock, and and we 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 just you know it just doesn't make sense for us to to maintain that. Um, right. But but this resource we had available to us all of a sudden opened our department up to about 50 people. And, and so we had a team and, and, and it was great. We could assign them things. They assigned stuff to us and and they really were they, they really led the, the recovery. So have someone interview someone, know someone or even if you don't Google a company and, and, and keep their their contact info close. Um, if nothing else, to bounce stuff off of. I mean, we we used them a lot to say, "Hey, what if we did this?" And they'd say, "Well, you know, we've experienced that, and you shouldn't do it." Yeah, don't, don't it, do that. It's like you're not going to go try doing open heart surgery, right? You're going to go to a doctor, it, it, someone who's an expert at this, right, to get yeah. to the open heart that, surgery. I wonder. I I don't know a lot about cyber insurance. I think maybe you know what, Persona, we need to get a company on that does this. I think because yeah. what I'm curious about is. If there are, I, I'm, I'm assuming that like with other insurance, there are different levels. Maybe there's a base level that says we are not going to pay your ransomware for you, but if you get attacked, we got the people. Yeah. Because it sounds like the, the the most value you got out of this this group was that team that they provided uh, in the outage. I didn't know how it worked, and so when they said we're we're going to provide this resource for you, um, the first thing they did, this resource did, is is 
send me an SOW of what they were going to do. And me mm. being the lifetime IT guy, I said, oh, this is something I'm, I'm going to en engage, uh, you know, and, and pay them for. I, I didn't know how it worked. Um, and, and so I saw all the hours on there and, and right away my negotiation mind kicks in and, and, and I start wanting to negotiate this down. And, and then, you know, at, at that point, our, my, our legal counsel at work and my CFO both said, hey, let us deal with that stuff. You just get stuff going again. Right, right. Good. Yeah, good to hear. And then your, your, your third lesson learned here, good IT security is a balance of culture and security strategy. Talk to me about that. Yeah, it, it, and what that what that really means is is you know if, if I had my way we'd be locked down, but obviously mm -hmm. productivity would be locked down too. And and so and we're we're an engineering company and we and, and you know there's lots of collaboration. Um, so so pre-attack we were pretty relaxed about our security culture and 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 you know it's I hate to say it but this will never happen to me. What was our was kind of my thinking. Um, uh, and so now what this has done is given me the opportunity to have those conversations with leadership at Spectrologic to say, hey, look, we're going to need to make things a, a little bit, you know, difficult for from a security perspective. Um, your teams aren't going to have the freedoms they always have had, but we need to figure out where that balance is so we're not hindering their their productivity. You know, it's funny. I have I, I've said it for years that security and backup were are, are so often. Um, security and backup are so often uh, at odds with each other. It's yeah. like um, going back to my early days, the easiest thing to do was to turn on RSH and R dump everything to a simple, to a single server. Right. Uh, but of course the security guys are like, what do you, what do you mean you want to enable, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So it sounds like the same thing. Security is also at war with getting things done, right? It's uh, th things are a lot more secure if you just unplug everything from the network, for example, right? But it's hard to get anything done. So you're saying it needs to be a balance between it. Yeah, it 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 does. You, you know, uh, we're talking about from a security perspective. It it was an IT initiative. Now, post ransomware at my company, it's a business discussion, and and so. So it's really opened opened up the culture to to talk about it versus hey that's IT and they're just trying to hinder our performance and they they mm -hmm. want to monitor and they want to put tools in place. Now it's a business discussion about you know hey how 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 exposed are we and how exposed do we need to be? And I'm also sure that people like end users working remotely et cetera are now probably also taking it a lot more seriously as well. Right. Yeah. That that's. That is a great thing is, is, and, 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 you know, I get emails all day long. Hey, is this something I need to be concerned with prior to this? Nobody said anything about They click on anything <laughs> they wanted. And, 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 and now there's, there's, there's a, there's an awareness and it's a, and it's a really great awareness. What, um, by the way, did you identify patient zero? We did. We did. We identified patient zero and, and, Opted not to make that public within our company for so you ridicule. don't want to put it on the podcast. I would love to, but uh, uh, no, and it, and it was Nathan. it was it was Nathan, I, I, wasn't uh, it? You don't want to. It, it was it was it was Nathan, and I'm not. I I said I wouldn't say it. No, it it, it was you, you know, like I said, this is right when we sent a bunch of people home, and 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 we're trying to get our our VPN infrastructure mm -hmm. in place and our firewall set up right and. Uh, and and we were allowing people to connect from home mm. systems, and 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 this was an unprotected home system, uh, some malware through mm. email, and 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 I it, it was very hard to identify patient zero because it propagated so right, quickly. Right. Wow. And and we just we think we're we're fairly certain we know how it came in, but I, we could be right, wrong. Right. T Tony, anything you think we should have covered that we haven't? No, I, th you know, I think, I think we covered them all in and, and, and I'll just say again, diversify that data storage and, 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 uh, and, and have some, some people to help you if you need it. And we're a small company, so there's larger companies out there that obviously aren't going to engage outside resources, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty aware of what's going on in the world right now with ransomware and, and I keep up on it and there's companies that are paying ransoms and not getting their data back. So, you know, just, yeah, I I, I'm a firm believer in in specialists that come to your aid in time of need, right? Uh, you know, there's only yeah. so much that you 
as an IT person can learn about ransomware um, by doing it part time. Right. Um, I, right. I think that, that that's absolutely um, right. I'm, I'm a firm believer of, of and, and the, the thing is, we live in a world where specialists within IT are becoming less common, right? That, that especially as people, as companies outsource to SaaS providers and things like that. So you, you no longer have the exchange right. person, right? Um, that knows, knows right. Every, the right. only thing they know is the, the user interface of Microsoft 365, right? Um, and so, but there are people who do specialize, you know, like weird people that specialize in backups, for example, (laughs) um, those people just, they really have, uh, issues. They have a love for pain. They have a love for pain. (laughs) Yeah. We like, we like those people. Well, Tony, thanks a lot for coming on and being so forthcoming with, you know, this, you could have just kept this all to yourself and you're, you're being a cautionary tale for the, for the rest of us. Yeah. Th- thanks for having me. And, and, and I'd be happy to join and, and talk about it more. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. I definitely learned a lot. And like Curtis said, there aren't many people who will go out on the limb and talk about what happened to them. So thanks for being open and honest and answering our questions and giving us more insights. Because like Curtis said, I don't know how people actually go through the process of recovering from ransomware. So hearing that entire flow and having those experts available, I think definitely sheds more light into sort of this black box that we just hear about. Yeah, exactly. Well, and again, we, we focus on, we focus on the recovery, right? Obviously, I mean, I'm a backup guy. I focus on the backup part. I now work at Druva. Obviously we focus, we focus on the the DR and recovery part. I, I never really put a lot of thought to what you spent a week doing, uh, just stopping the bleeding right. and, you know, getting back to a point, getting to a point where you could recover safely. I, I never thought about that. We had someone who came on who spoke about, they participated in, a, in a, an actual disaster recovery in an island in the Caribbean. Um, we let them be anonymous. Um, and so we kept the island anonymous and the company anonymous and, you know, uh, but they had similar issues where much of the problems that he had to deal with had nothing to do with the actual backup. He was a net backup customer and they were a tape and a data domain customer. Most of the problems they had to deal with had nothing to do with the actual restore. It was like servers and power and water still there. Yeah, they, they had no network. They relied on services that were in the the continental U.S. and they were an island you know, and uh, the the network, uh, the, the the hurricane took out the network between the two. And so that was like the first problem. So it, it was a long list of problems, things like where to sleep, where to sleep, how to eat, um, you know, all these things, because they were they were just destroyed. Oh, and, yeah. Um, that it, it's always fascinating. This is why I love talking to real people. So, again, if you're a person who has actually experienced things like this, we want to talk to you. And we promise we will be nice and we will even allow you to uh, keep your company and your identity anonymous if that's what you would like in order to get you on here. So um, thank you uh, to our listeners. Thank you, Prasanna. Thank you, Curtis. (laughs) And uh, thanks to the listeners for uh, sticking with us and uh, make sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. System isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit.
once it'll be completely done. Maybe one day. It